your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host and mother of a recovering child with autism, Betsy Hicks. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Betsy and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Betsy Hicks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show today. I don't think anyone listening would argue the fact that being the parent of a child with autism or any disability can be one of the most stressful challenges of a lifetime. Today's guest will speak about moving through these challenges and the effects that these stresses can have on the body. We'll also identify the importance of self-love, spousal love, and motherly love, as well as fatherly love, and how the relationships need to blend in order to create harmony in your home. Joining me today are pediatricians and parent advocates, Dr. Jean Nathan from San Diego and Dr. John Hicks from Pathways in Wisconsin. Welcome, doctors. Welcome. Thank you. Let's let's talk about this in a way that um, there's there's so much to cover here, and I think probably the first part to talk about, Dr. Nathan, is um, the day in and day out of being a parent, and, and you, you have worked with many many parents who have struggled with children with disabilities. Um, what is your primary piece of advice that you have for these parents and how to care for themselves? First and foremost. Well, first and foremost is to be aware that caring for yourself uh, is the cornerstone of having a, a healing and well household. Uh, we always say that uh, respect, love, gratitude, Loyalty all begins with ourselves, and then it moves out to your children, to your husband, to your spouse, to your community. So it's very important to uh, be aware that we are loving beings and that we are able to be loved and deserve to be loved, first by ourselves and then by everybody else. Why? That love is the great restorer. Yes. But why is that so hard. Why is that? It should seem, from a third-party point of view, that should seem like it should be a, a basic thing that we need to do is to love and to love ourselves, but yet why is it so difficult for us as parents to put ourselves in that loving role of to ourselves? We can give all the love of the world to our children, but why is it so hard to love ourselves? Well, social conditioning. So uh, we've been conditioned, we've been brought up uh, to think of the role of parents first and foremost as sacrificing for their children. The second is that uh, the outcome of our children is a reflection of our skill as a parent and that <clears throat> in some way that when we are evaluating ourselves based on what's happening with our children and our family, when we are so busy sacrificing that we don't consider that loving ourselves 
is also in the equation. You know, what you just said about um, how we consider the outcome of our children is reflecting upon our parenting. I have to share, when my son was two years old and I was feeling so tremendously low about myself because all of my friends' two-year-olds in our little mommy and me playgroups were, the kids were developing so beautifully and, and there was something so wrong with Joey that I had so little self-esteem and I was almost, I wasn't almost, I was grateful when he got the diagnosis of autism because it told me that, you know, it, it wasn't because I was failing. And, and thinking back on that now, that just it's so it's so silly, and it's it, I, I wouldn't be in that place at all anymore. But yet, we really do care about what people think about us. We have been conditioned to in a very big way, and of course, on one hand, it it helps us all survive as a society, so it's kind of a good thing. On the other hand, it doesn't mean that we can't develop a track of love that we can just be so full of love and compassion that we have all the energy in the world to give to ourselves, give to our spouses, give to our children, give to our community without necessarily feeling drained or put upon or even some kind of martyr. Dr. Hicks, can you address, let's talk about the body, and can you address, as you have seen so many parents of these children. Um, in your practice at Pathways in, in many different states, you see people in many different states, and you've seen both a lot of mothers and fathers and even the grandparents. And can you tell me what physically you're seeing manifesting because of the stress that they're under as parents? Well, there's typically a lot of adrenal issues and parents start to get sick. And um, a lot of them have dietary issues and it's like their body is just getting run down and they get to the point where they're just running on adrenaline. Yeah. And then at some point they hit a wall where they're overwhelmed. Right. And that then that's, you know, at, at that point that's where you can intervene a lot of times because at that point they've gone through the anger piece, they've gone through the revenge piece, and it's now settling in that I, I really need help, and I've got to help myself, and, I, and to help my kids, I have to help myself. But there is a, a genetic predisposition to all of this, and we've talked about this on numerous shows, that with autism there are environmental causes, but there are genetic predispositions. So if you're looking at a child that um, obviously had a genetic setup, then there is a good chance that they have a parent that has the same setup, um, or both parents with the same setup. Um, so, and they have so, similar setups. The environmental triggers uh, that we look at weren't the same at the parents' time when they were growing up versus now, and so issues will be different. But if if you go back to the genetics, it it is a setup piece. So let's say, for example, that the parent's setup is the fact that they make no glutathione or they make very little glutathione, so they can't detox properly. That they're 
prone to an immune shift and, and those types of pieces. Now, in the child with autism, in many cases, um, it manifests itself in things such as neurological problems and, and digestive disorders, but maybe in the parents it could be something like, what are you seeing, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue? Tell me where, where it's coming out. Well, those are two of the big pieces um, that you tend to see. Then a lot of them start to get digestive issues, um, trouble with gluten, and uh, it, it just depends on sort of what their setup is and what are the stressors that they've faced. And you take now all of a sudden... You know, you you had this dream of what your child was going to be and all those things, and now the realization is, okay, my child is not what I anticipated. So there's a big grief process that goes along with that, too, because, you know, it's this dream that we all have of society and how things should be and what things, if they're not that way, then we really start to come in conflict with what society thinks. Okay. So, we're, and this is what the show is focused on. We understand that there's a problem. We understand that this is going to be affecting the body. But can you give us some steps? How do we break out of this, Dr. Nathan? Well, first off, uh, I think John is really... um, address some very key issues, and I thank you so much, uh, as usual, uh, which is that sense of seeing that my world is falling apart, my health is going down, uh, I'm addressing issues of stress in the family, stress in life. Uh, So becoming aware, that's that moment of saying that what I've been doing isn't working, and here's the symptom. So it's time to decide to make things healthier. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have uh, an environment. Yes, we have a genetic predisposition. How we handle those things, how we get out of that becomes up to us. And uh, my basic feeling is to begin by hearing how we think, feeling how we feel, and being still enough and stopping moment to moment to reflect on, you know, where is my grief, where is my stress, where is my expectation, and letting life and light do its work heal us. And they will bring us through our natural capacity to heal things and to make transformation and change to a new point of view. And I'm sure that John and you have met many parents who have made that transition. Have, have gone through a great healing process just because really in the end that they did have a child on the autism spectrum disorder. Right. Yeah, and that I, I think the whole point then becomes in, okay, what is, what is my perspective at this point? How do I see things? And is this child, now, now you've got to decide, is this child a gift? Or is this just a big, hard assignment that's been given to me? Exactly. So as you start to make that shift and that change in perspective, 
you start to see what is it that this child has given me? What have they brought us as a family? Because these kids are a gift. So what is the gift that they're bringing to you? And I hear from a lot of parents um, that the one mom just told me our son saved our lives. Because it makes you wake up to so many right. different things. That it... Right. So how, you know, what what is going on? And I, I think it's starting, like uh, Jean said, where are you? What are you seeing? What are you feeling? Okay, that's beautiful. Let's take a quick break. We'll get back and talk more about what it is feeling. We'll be right back with Dr. John Hicks, Dr. Nathan. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virustop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. ReadyZorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying normally. ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free, and there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the fine gold program. Ask your doctor about Redisorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. We are back with my 
two favorite doctors in the world, Dr. John Hicks, my husband, and Dr. Jean Nathan, my teacher. And I would like to ask you both this question. Uh, Dr. Nathan, maybe you could address this first. And that is, um, when I was in this position of, as I will you know, refer to it as my hell, because everything around me seemed to be collapsing. Um, this is, you know, right after the diagnosis, right after my son was so severe, all of these things happening, young children, the bad marriage, the whole the whole gamut, the, the money problems, everything there. And if, if I were to have listened to this show, my response to you would be, I have no other choice. Can you address that? Well, yes. You know, when we're deep in our personal point of view, it feels that way. Uh, and you know what? Everybody has been there, myself included. On the other hand, uh, at every point in time, however disempowered we might feel, we do have power and we do have choice. And if we even are open to the idea that we have it, something that some people call intent, something that some people call prayer, something that some people call something else, just to even sit down and write on a piece of paper, even if you don't believe it to be true, that I would like to have choice again in my life. I would like to have the power to love and be loved freely. I would like to have the energy and the appreciation and the gratitude for everything in my life, even if I don't believe it now. Just writing that down is an extraordinarily powerful procedure. It's going to reap benefits. Uh, you, you know, and you, while you're in it, you can sit and talk to other people who are in it, and they will simply confirm the, the conversation. You don't have choice. You're a victim. Uh, there's no way out. There's no hope. But the other thing you can do is, you know, make it a point of view to talk to people who do have hope. Make it a point of view to people who don't feel that way. Make it a point of view to talk to people who've been through that process or some similar process and have now hope, now love, now appreciation because that's really going to ignite that process with you. Uh, and there are people like that, and that's the amazing thing. So you, for example, yes, you were in that position, but here you are. You're not in that position. Right. So I something never... changed, and the thing that shifted for you was? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to point it to the one? Fill in the blank, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are so many things that shifted for me. But it, it, and then none of it happened overnight. And the one thing that I want to really convey to the parents out there now is to stop thinking that you have to know the way that's going to be your way out. Many people get stuck in thinking, but I can't understand how it even could get better. You don't need to understand how it could get better. You don't even, you, you just dream the fact that it's better or the way you want and let the universe take care of the details. <laughs> let God take care of the details. Yeah, that, I, I think that's the beginning piece is how, where would I like to be? You know, what, what are the things 
that I would like to have happen in my life. And that you want to not put any restrictions on it. And like you're saying, Betsy, it's, you know, don't tell the universe how to do the job. Because when you just open and your intention is, I, I want to have things the way they should be. What What is the way they should be? So you may have some things on that list that you think should be, but we really don't know. You have to be careful what you ask for because you, you may get it. Yeah. And so I, I think making it as general as you can and leaving the specifics... Uh, out and then just stand back and watch what happens. Dr. Nathan, I'd like to talk a little bit about forgiveness uh-huh. um, because I think this is a, we, I've done shows in the past on forgiveness, but I'd like to have you address it um, as to why are we as parents so tremendously hard on ourselves? Why do we take the blame for, for everything and um, hold it, hold that anger at ourselves and everyone else um, without being able to move on. Well, you know, the simple, you know, I hate to give the simple answer, which is but, but, but social is our conditioning. Show. <laughs> uh, but it is. It's a very simple, you know, at the end of the day, it's a very simple thing. You know, we all taught not to forgive and to hold grudges. You know, and um, you know, think of when you were a kid and you were playing on the playground and somebody hit you or accidentally did this or threw your ball away or something and you got into a scrap and you're very angry at them. And then the next day you woke up and, you know, it's almost as if you don't remember it. You know, it's time to play again and who's down at the playground but the same people and we go play with them one more time. So... This whole business of forgiveness, which we find so difficult as adults, is so natural, really. And how did we get out of that? Well, we had to learn how to remember all the things that happened to us that hurt us and reestablish them every day and remember why they were painful and how painful they were. And we actually learned that quite well. And we have a lot of help in learning that, which is media, uh, teachers, everybody in our society is very intent on blaming people, pointing fingers at people, and then thinking that that solves something. And I'm not saying that we don't want to look for causes and, and help them. That's ridiculous. Of course we do. But studies in medicine show over and over and over and over again that holding grudges, vengeful feelings, uh, this anger just eats away at the physical body. It's just very hard on us and everybody around us. And that forgiveness, exercise, and gratitude are two of the most potent medicines, not even for society, just for us and our physical body that we know. So just to embellish it a little more, you could say that forgiveness and gratitude like many other of the positive qualities that really do take us out of that big, stuffy black hole that we sometimes wind up in, they are like muscles that have to be exercised. 
we start off and there's hardly anything we can do. We're lifting a weight and we can only barely get it off the ground. And then day after day we practice with those muscles and it gets more and more powerful until we can really handle some of the heavy weights that have been put on our shoulders. It's a process of practice, as you've said, and, um, and surrender. That's one of the things we haven't really said, but it's implicit in the feeling of being overwhelmed. The reason that being <coughs> overwhelmed is the preview of hope, of joy, and of healing is because when we're overwhelmed, maybe the very first time we finally say, I don't know, help. And then we've given the invitation to the universe that it's been waiting for to respond. John and you have said so eloquently that we only have to give the universe the direction and let it figure out how to get it done. But so often we have been busy telling the universe what we want, how we want it, and how we think we're going to get it. And we haven't really given the universe its opportunity to use its entire power to work on our behalf until the day we finally say, okay, I have done my best thinking and it hasn't helped me. I have felt and angered and pointed fingers and done this and I'm just overwhelmed. Help. And you know, I'm sure your listeners know that moment when help suddenly arrives in the most unexpected ways at that point. And that's the birth of healing. Dr. Hicks, can you talk about, let's go back to the body a little bit, um, a little bit about how emotions trigger disease and, for example, how anger is linked, uh, is, um, linked to the liver and Actually, Jean, I think you and I were talking about this the other day, too, with Chinese medicine of how each emotion you were telling, we were, we were talking about. I know, John, you both talk about this, but you, I don't know who to tell to talk about this. <laughs> so, so but one of you just starts speaking. <laughs> well, the, the, I, I would like to just, before we hit that piece, is to address what forgiveness is. Okay. And And I think what forgiveness is is... Allowing the anger not to destroy you. You're not saying that what happened was good. What you're saying is, I'm not going to allow this feeling to destroy me. So that's really what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is allowing yourself not to be punished and keep punishing yourself day after day. Wonderful. That's beautiful. So when you think of, okay... I'm angry, what does that do? Well, anger is an energy, and we're all energy. And energy, as we pull this and send this out to the universe, attracts things that are similar vibrational frequency. So when you're angry, you are attracting illnesses or whatever that are a similar frequency. So it's like asking the universe things, and that's why I said be careful what you ask for. Because when you have these emotions, you're asking the universe. So the universe will answer, and it may not be the answers you really want. Okay, we've got to take that thought and hold it because we have to go to a commercial break. 
Um, when we get back, let's talk more about what it is that we're asking for and, and uh, how this manifests within our body. We'll be right back with Dr. Jean Nathan and Dr. John Hicks. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. ReadyZorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying normally. ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free, and there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the fine gold program. Ask your doctor about Redizorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redizorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B.com. Living Your Power with host and intuitive counselor Diane Brandon breaks down the old traditions of taking what life gives you. Living Your Power teaches you how to have a life of success, happiness, and fulfillment. How to live your power, feeling vibrant and confident. Tune in Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern to Living Your Power on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. We are back with Dr. Jean Nathan and Dr. John Hicks. And if you've missed any of the show up until now, you're in for a treat. These two wonderful doctors are speaking today about the challenges that parents face in coping with their child's disability and how to basically take lemons and make lemonades, although these children are not lemons at all. The situation can be, seem a little lemony, but uh, the, uh, the children are our beautiful gifts, and we want to convey that to you today. So what we're talking about right now is, um, Dr. Hicks, we just started talking about how we manifest 
emotions in our body. Can you address that, please? Well, anger, you, you look at the rise of heart disease, asthma, all of these pieces, and where it, where is a lot of this coming from? Well, we live in a fear-based society, and you're afraid of this, you're afraid of that. If we don't do this, then we're not getting everything. And what happens is as those emotions fester, you're sending that signal out and the universe is responding. The other side of that coin is, what what if your emotions are love and gratitude and forgiveness? Those are very, very powerful. Now, those signals are what's being sent out to the universe, and the universe is responding. So a lot of what happens in our lives is what we're creating. So what what I think we're looking at at this point is, what is your perspective of what's going on? Sort of where are you now when you look at your e- emotions? Sort of where is your set point? And then where do you want to be? And then setting up a way to get to where it is you want to be. Yeah. Because it will happen. When you... but, but, but when you're dealing with chronic illness, it's very hard to... to think that emotionally that, that you can actually heal yourself just based on clearing emotions. Well, that's I, I, I think what we need to understand is that we are energetic and that whenever there is an issue that's there, the answer is also provided at the same time. Now, it may not be the answer you want, but the answer is there. So then you have to look and say, okay, what what does this mean to me? You know, what is my lesson from this? What What am I supposed to be getting? And as you start releasing the anger and the uh, hatred, the revenge, the fear... As you release those, then I, then I think in that process and where that's heading is a healing. So what is that healing? Well, that's, that's really the universe is going to answer that. Dr. Nathan, can you address this as well? Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the great joys, I've actually been out visiting you guys uh, and watching the great work that you do here at your clinic. Pathways in Wisconsin. Can I mention that? Oh, please, yes. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and, um, you know, as a student of the biomedical approach uh, and, and then some, you know, we work with what we call vicious cycles and virtuous cycles. Vicious cycle is when something toxic comes into the system and disrupts it. And because it is a system, then one kind of domino follows another. So, Something maybe like a heavy metal comes in and it disrupts the toxicity system and that disrupts the digestive system and then you can have inflammation and so on and so forth. It comes like a vicious cycle and those inflammations allow more toxic stuff to come in and so on and so forth. What I have witnessed so often is just even doing a couple of things that set one or two of those areas straight 
changes the vicious cycle into a virtuous cycle. And the virtuous cycle might take some time, but all of a sudden you improve the diet, and then detoxification can occur, and then you can absorb nutrients that are going to help you with your methylation, and then next thing you know you've turned off your inflammation, and then very positive things start happening with your behavioral approach and your educational approach now starts to pay dividends. So we say that the great art of healing is moving a vicious cycle to a virtuous cycle. And what I think that your question tells me is that a lot of people don't realize that their emotional reactions are not necessarily natural or healthy, but they are a product and a reflection of these vicious cycles or these virtuous cycles that go on in the body. So if our liver gets disrupted, we have anger. And yes, if you're an angry person, you will find something that is a legitimate thing to be angry at. If you have uh, disruption in your kidney system, you'll have fear. If you are disruptive in your lung or your colon, you could have grief. And you know, some other systems are going to have self-judgment, which is also a part of it. And these become like a vicious cycle, one feeding into another and reflecting back into the physical body. But the reason we are so high on the idea of thinking about gratitude, thinking about forgiveness, thinking about surrender, and by surrender, I don't mean giving up doing things for yourself. I mean what John said, which is really allowing a universe to help us figure everything out, that you don't have to be the one to figure it all out, that you can uh, trust a system to help you. All of these things are part of the things that are going to restore the virtuous cycle in your life. Uh, does that make sense? It does, a lot. And um, <clears throat> I want to address that I hate to kind of really pull religion into this because of the fact that we we're so res- I know all three of us, and we're extremely respectful of all different belief systems. It, it, this is not about any particular one. And that's part of the re- reason we choose the words we do. But, Dr. Nathan, can you, can you somehow address the importance of having faith and what it, what it can do in healing, just, just holding that faith? Well, uh, you, know, I, I think, you know, I think you're right in saying that faith is, a, is for some people, a very tricky word. Uh, and some people, it's a very great word. I use the word intent because uh, it tells me the idea of dreaming something I would like for myself, just as uh, Dr. Hicks or John was saying. Uh, With intent, I don't need to have expectation, and certainly expectation has nothing to do with either intent nor faith. Expectation and self-judgment is a different thing entirely. But the idea of saying that uh, this is something I want to feel better, I want to be more abundant. I want my child to feel better. I want my family relationship to be more harmonious and supportive of everybody. This is the first action of faith. The last part, which is what we were kind of saying, is the belief is the thing that happens after you begin to see that this system really does work. One begins to have uh, a sense of authority and conviction when one does this because of the successes that have been achieved. I'm not really talking so much about blind faith that, 
I just hope or daydream. I'm talking about really um, putting the energy into believing that or imagining, if you will, that things will be better. Suppose that. We have um, a few more minutes until we're going to go to our next break, but I would like to give people some more direction with this because I'm hoping that we've made a few people listening today have some different thoughts as to how they need to think and how they need to dream. Um, but can both of you recommend some good reading materials um, or listening materials either way to help um, guide people towards uh, forgiveness, towards um, just being able to work with intention? See, that, that could be an endless list. Well, you just go at it, boys. I, well, I, I, I would say that the, should start with the first place to start would be a book called The Four Agreements. And why don't you let Dean talk about yeah. this? As, as that, as, as Dr. Nathan, which we didn't talk about at the very beginning, um, studied uh, under Don Miguel Ruiz, who wrote The Four Agreements, and that's actually how we were able to find him. Um, and so can you talk about that experience in, in three words, in three minutes. <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, amazing, amazing being of a man uh, who lived all of this uh, and through his living and showing us how you could raise a family, uh, be a physician or uh, another thing, and be full of love and just beam it, showed us that it was possible, and that was an enormous thing. But I agree that The Four Agreements and the other book called The Mastery of Love are two really beautiful books that many people have read and just in the reading of them have said they have transformed their worlds. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very effective uh, tool because it's just full of that. And please note to those listening, these are very simple books to read. Um, I, I, you know, if you throw a huge textbook in front of me, I'm, it's going to be very hard for me to get in to even think of finishing something such as that, but they're quick reads, they're very simple, very basically made, and um, so that those are both by Don Miguel Ruiz, the, the Four Agreements and the Mastery of Love. John, do you want to hit the next couple recommendations? Well, it, uh, if, if you look at the work of Dr. Emoto in Japan, you get an idea of the power of words and intention and how it affects water, and since we're a lot of water ourselves, um, this applies to us. Okay, we're going to take another break. When we get back, let's talk a little bit more about um, direction for our listeners. We'll be right back with Dr. John Hicks and Dr. Jean Nathan. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. 
ReadyZorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying normally. ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free, and there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold Program. Ask your doctor about ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B.com. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Let's face it, hormones happen. Whether you are male or female, hormones have an impact on your overall well-being. Dr. Hart brings to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel timely topics that answer your lifelong questions about hormones in men, women, and teens. Tune in to Optimal Wellness every Monday at 12 o'clock p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Optimal Wellness. Live life well. Live life long. Live life to the fullest. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. Back with Dr. T. Nathan and Dr. John Hicks talking about the challenges and ways to help us be able to um, bring so much beauty into our lives. Dr. Nathan, can you talk about some of the steps that you do take with your students? Yes. Uh, you know, I do have a bunch of people who work with me, and uh, while I don't do it hardly any exactly the same, but there are certain things. First off, if you're really interested in this, it really is helpful to find uh Somebody I call a clear mirror, somebody who is uh, really kind of established in this work and really knows how to use those emotions and vibrations in a way to show you areas which could steer up in your thinking. So working with somebody like that is enormously valuable, maybe the most important thing. 
The second thing I always recommend is that people start reading uh, works that are positive and loving, such as Miguel's work, such as Rumi, such as uh, many other books. Maybe if you're very religious, the Psalms will be something that you would um, relate to, but something positive. The second one is to begin to write these affirmations. You know, uh, begin to even write the word forgiveness or uh, uh, gratitude, and you can put it on your water bottle, as, as John was saying, and it, it can begin to do work. The third thing, which is terribly important, is to begin to get a journal and to start writing down uh, not only your dreams and aspirations, but really the conversation in your head exactly as you hear it. It should be a very private journal that you can review so that you understand what you are actually saying to yourself all day long. That is huge, Gene, because I, thinking back and, and how, where did I get, how was I able, I, I'm always thinking about how did I manifest this great life that I'm at now, what, what were the steps that I took, and a journal was a big one. And um, it really sometimes turned out to be nothing more than me screaming at with the pen on paper, and you know, just like I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, and you just write it a thousand times. But it was a great outlet for me. Right, literally as vibrations, as uh, as John was saying, when you're writing it, they're going through your body, through your your meridian system, out through the pen and onto the paper, and leaving, and they're not bouncing through your through your head you know, uh, all the time. So it gives you a great relief. And then you you often find yourself looking back, not necessarily the next day, but you can go back and read them in a week or two or a month or two, and you begin to see, oh, my God, is this really what I'm saying to myself? Oh, yeah. And, you know, a great power of healing begins with awareness. Just to see something is really halfway to the healing process. And I just want to say the last thing, or not the last thing, but the other thing that I often recommend people is to begin to bring ritual or uh, or uh, into their lives, which is just to say, if you have a, an anger that you can't get rid of it, write it on a piece of paper and then burn it in your fireplace. Just make it a, a, a thing like that. Or burn a candle at night because you want to have hope. Uh, Anything like that that begins to enter in your life, you begin to take back your personal power. So those are the things I usually begin people with. And, of course, it's a very, very uh, personal uh, conversation with my students uh, in terms of the specifics from that point forward. You know, Jean, as a lot of parents that are dealing with autism are very angry at the medical community. They're very angry at the CDC and the pharmaceuticals and things such as that, it can be also very healing to maybe write a letter in, in, and whether or not you send it is not really the point of this, but to to write a letter to them because you, do, you in many ways don't get a voice otherwise and that can really, like you said, give you some of that power back. Well, plus you're releasing that emotion. Yeah. Right. You've now put that emotion on the paper and let the paper draw the bad stuff. You don't have to. Beautiful. And then for those of you who are at a particular point where you've kind of done it and done it and done it and you already can feel like you're kind of tired of it, mm -hmm. 
here's the next step. And I, I learned this from watching um, Nigerian healers on television. The next step is you start to write a letter, a love letter, to your pediatrician, to the CDC, to the people, and ask them to ask them to have the qualities that you want them to have. Oh, beautiful. I pray that my physician will be kind and open-minded and caring and respectful, and I pray that, uh, that the life will give that physician, that medical profession, the wisdom and the courage and the conviction it needs to move forward and heal itself for everybody's benefit. That's beautiful. Yeah, you know, Jean, sometimes when I think about this anger towards the medical establishment, <clears throat> and I think about my husband, who's, I shouldn't talk to you, John, like you're not here with us. That's all right. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think about what you have, the path that you took from traditional medicine to where you are now. And I also think about probably some really not nice things you would have said about the doctor you are now compared to the doctor you were back then. In other words, if if one of your patients saw you, you know, you, you had a patient this is 30, 20 years ago, and they came in and they said, I'm seeing this doctor in Wisconsin, and they've got me using intention and all these other beautiful things and essential oils and vibrational remedies. What would you have told your your patient 20 years ago? He's probably crazy, but I am, so. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> the, be crazy. Po- the point of this story is maybe somebody prayed for you. Yeah. Maybe, maybe somebody said, I hope that doctor someday opens his eyes to the way things are and the dangers of vaccines and all of those other different things. And, right. the, the, and the main point of the story is that you don't have to accept the world the way it is, and that's just the way it's going to be forever. Right. We can all make a difference and change lives by changing one at a time. Right. So I love your point, Gene, about writing these letters in, in hope and the intention that um, is just solely based out of love. That's a, it's a big one. And, and John, I'm going to run back to you here for a second because I see how many books you read. You have got to have a book that you recommend on this subject. I can't imagine you don't have a book. Well, there's, there's lots of books if you look up intention. There, there's a wonderful book called The Field, and it talks about coincidental findings of different scientists and how that changed their lives and the power of that in their life. And then uh, Dr. Tiller, who's uh, at Stanford, he's written several books on how intention works. And uh, they've done experiments to see how, how you can change things with just that, the power of that thought. And then emanating the energy of that thought, you can change the lives of, they, they did it with the lives of uh, different flies. And what they found was that as you do something, you educate the room to become powerful in creating what it is you're working to create. We hope that you will create a powerful world for yourself, 
We thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Jean Nathan. Thank you, Dr. Thank you. John Hicks. Thank you. And I'll be back with you all next week. Bye-bye. contact Betsy or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks.